Hey, what's up? It's your host, Tori, and who is ready to be petty? I'm very excited for today's episode. I catch up with two old friends, Derek and Nicole, and we talk about a lot of fun things. If you've been enjoying Ready to be Petty for a while now, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review. I would super appreciate it. As well as join our Facebook group, Ready to be Petty Podcast Group. <laughs> as we talk about all of the stories that we don't get to during the episodes. Okay, let's get into it. I'm joined by two very special guests today, Nicole and Derek. How's it going? I'm pretty great. I'm slightly bitter because Gen Z keeps calling out millennials in articles and I'm feeling really offended by it, but we're working through it. Honestly, same. I can't believe how defensive I've got over the last couple of days of like, I'm like, oh, that, that truly is me and how uncool I am. I think that's the thing that's been really pointed at me. How are you, Derek? <laughs> I haven't showered in two days, so, you know, been better. But other than that, you know, hanging in there. Fun fact on the Gen Z versus millennial thing. So depending on like what source you consult, I am both a Gen Z and a millennial because the 1995 year, just like they kind of disagree on like where to put that. So yeah, feeling really uniquely um, like I am sitting on a fence. I love that you're on the cusp of Gen Z versus millennials. I'm like very rooted in the millennial camp and that used to be the cool young like hip generation and now we're like basically boomers. I'm choosing to claim you as a millennial but you can be our little Gen Z spy so we actually understand what's happening these days. Thank you even though I don't understand TikTok and I kind of like cling to Vine I'm like that was that was true artistry. Do it for the Vine. Yeah, no one says do it for the TikTok. No, oh my God, or do it for the gram. Remember people said that? So we um, met through work a few years ago um, when we worked in residence life in Vancouver. That was really fun. Like four years ago. I know, we got it. We used to see each other like, I wouldn't say every day, but weekly. And now we haven't, we haven't seen each other in like four years. It's okay though. We the pettiness has kept our friendship alive for four years now. I know. I feel like the only way that I keep in in contact with Nicole and Derek is when Britney Spears does something wild. The thing that brought us together was our love for Britney Spears. Yeah, we did. We did that training session together, and did we? I don't know if we got to call it "You Better Work, Bitch," but maybe we had to like put put some asterisks there. But uh, yeah, can we talk about that for a second? Like, we were in a paraprofessional role, and we thought um, the first basically assignment of the year given to us, we thought it would be a good idea to make a presentation based solely around Britney Spears. Honestly, enrollment was high. Yeah. Yeah. We were turning people away from the door. We even had a dance break in the middle, a choreographed Britney dance. I think I was, I think I was lying on the ground doing the, um, I'm thinking of, I think it hit me baby one more time. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. There you go. Anyways, we've got a lot of things to talk about. Um, and we are ready to be petty 
Today we're going to talk about Sugar Daddies, our new favorite TikToker, Devin Hurley. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Devin, we're sorry. Um, Britney Spears, because we have to. Um, and the recent story that Kristen Stewart cast as Princess Di. So the first thing we're going to dive into is Sugar Daddies. The question that I posed for Nicole and Derek was, why are they messaging me on Instagram? (laughs) I still don't know if I have an answer to that. And I haven't figured out what is the line between pyramid schemes slash social security, social insurance scam and sad and lonely. Still trying to figure out like, where do we lie? Because if I were to give you my banking information for the supposed money you want to give me on a regular basis, like, am I going to have the CRA come try to tell me I owe all this like laundered money and taxes next year? Like what's happening? Are people truly this generous wanting to give away their money for no apparent reason? No, the apparent reason is your companionship. <laughs> <laughs> Your virtual companionship, your pandemic companionship. It's virtual only. I guess that's the safest, to be honest. Yeah. And that's so interesting compared to when you think about like what most people think of sugar daddy or sugar parent in general, a glucose guardian, if you will, (laughs) um, would be, you know, the in-person, I need like a physical connection and I will pay you for that. But now it's just really about the virtual People are lonely. So is this just some kind of weird cry for help attention? Like, am I about to get asked for feet pics? I really hope not because <laughs> honestly, I would rather not send those. No, I'm honestly down for the feet pic business. I'm poor. I would like money and I have nice feet and I feel like that's innocuous. Is that wrong? Am I that naive to think that? Do you still have nice feet now that you can't get a pedicure though? Yeah. See, that might change the amount of money they give you. That's true. That's true. But no, I'm I'm D for that. I think like the thing that I like struggle with is that it's done now through like Instagram. Like my DMs are not open. Like technically they're open, but like they're not open for you. A guy messaged me a few days ago. And I looked immediately at his profile because that's my, like, first thing. Of course. And it it's just pictures of his wife and his kid. Woof. Um, maybe not. Yeah, I just, it's, it's really sad times. Have you noticed, though, the ones especially that seem to be, like, the middle-aged men? More middle-aged white men, too. It's that classic, awkward Facebook dad selfie that you get. Mm. Where it's like, they're just staring at the phone camera. You can tell the phone is held just a little bit too high. They don't know how to smile. So they just look slightly more like they're going to murder you. But it's the classic dad selfie. The smile is so cringy. That's always what gets me. And like the highlighting of like a bald head. (laughs) That is not ideal for anybody here. No, no. And then the other piece on top of that is there is no consistency with what they want to offer you when they're reaching out and messaging you. Like I've gotten messages that say, hey, I'll give you $400 a month to just yesterday, some random account messaged me that they give me $1,000 a week. $1,000 a week, that's $52,000 a year. That annual salary. (laughs) Do I quit? (laughs) You know, like maybe there are some benefits to this. Who knows? 
Yeah. Who who's propositioning you on Instagram, Derek, these days? Yeah. So no one really propositions me on Instagram. I would say like for like myself, like a male member of like the queer community, that more comes through if you're like on grinder. Like I feel like that's where the energy comes through. I'm not currently on grinder because like in a pandemic and like in my parents' neighborhood to pass the time. So that's not a not a moment where I can anyway this is all to say that like I feel like that's where the energy comes through and I definitely got some messages before and it's weirder because it's like people without a face will message you like you don't know what they look like it's like a faceless profile and they'll be like hello would you like to make four hundred dollars and I'm like ah. okay so if people are messaging on Grinder, that means they know you're like approximate location, right? Yeah, so you can um, you can like hide it, like it doesn't like show like where you are, but it'll say like the usually like the meters that you are within or kilometers. So you can turn that off though, but like it still shows it in distance from like nearest to you to furthest to you. So by process of elimination, you can be like, oh, this person is like not 50 meters away but like closer than a like 700 meters so it can be really weird sometimes and then like there's the people that don't have their face on it so one time I was going for a hike and this guy like (laughs) I did not he did not have a face photo and he ended up being like 20 meters away from me and I was like for a hike by myself and I was like I'm fully gonna die holy shit if Okay, this is an audio-only podcast. Obviously, I wouldn't have shown up like I did if it was if it had video. But my face just like dropped. That is so fucked. Like being in the middle of the woods and getting a message like that is literally my nightmare. Yeah, it's definitely like I. There's definitely been like jokes made before, like with grinder as a medium where like the the ongoing joke is like the this call is coming from inside the house, kind of like horror message kind of joke because like that's really how it feels like when some of them are so close and it's not like it's not required for you to show your face like for obvious like reasons like of course like you know that can be really unsafe for a lot of people if they're not out so I get it but it's also like really creepy sometimes if it's like an older male where you can like tell from like the dad genes mm-hmm. and you're just like get this message that's like hey and you're like uh hello I saw this meme once and it was like there's like this gay meme account and it was like it was this um video from like Family Guy which like really can't stand that show but funny clip in particular and it's like the caption was like me whenever I get a message from someone complimenting me but they don't have a face and it's like Lois like looking around at the sky and she's like whoever you are thank you I love that. Do you often message back or do you just like ghost people? It really depends on the mood I'm in. Like there's definitely times where I'll just be like, well, thank you, mystery person. And then there's other moments where I'm just straight up like block. Like I don't have the time to like do deal with this. And it's, it's really, it's really a mystery, but someone who does message back is Nicole. Yeah, Nicole, can you detail your last interaction uh, with a, your potential suitor? <laughs> of course I am. Yesterday, 
Uh, I, you know, do my regular morning routine, make my coffee, get ready for work, that work at home life, um, and decide to open up Instagram, see what I missed. And here's a message request from some guy named Mark who says, hey, dear, I came across your profile and I have to say I was completely blown away by you. I was wondering if you'd be interested in an online arrangement, dear. I'd be willing to pay you weekly $1,000. I'm waiting for your positive reply. And in my head, I think, well, I've gotten this type of message before and usually I just block and delete, but why not just see what happens when I ask exactly what I would have to do for the $1,000? So I ask, what kind of online arrangement? And it turns into, well, actually, I just need someone to talk to, tell stuff. I recently just got divorced, you see, and I'm currently offshore <laughs> on a Hibernia oil rig, and it's really lonely here, TVH. I just need someone to talk to from time to time. So for those of you who are unaware, this man is currently on an oil rig somewhere off the coast of Newfoundland, and I currently am living in Western Canada. How he randomly found my account, I don't know. I imagine life on an oil rig would be pretty lonely because my understanding is it is like kind of two weeks on, two weeks off kind of shift work where you were there and it's like maybe 10 other people that you're working with. But I mean, the divorce, that kind of sucks, you know. I don't know how I can help you with that. Nothing about my Instagram profile says that I have any type of counseling background or I'm a licensed therapist. Um, currently, my Instagram profile, like the bio says hydrate or dihydrate, and then there's the flamingo emoji. Why he decided to reach out to me, I still don't know. Um, so I decide again to message back, you know, yeah, I guess that would be pretty lonely. I decide from an investigative perspective, let's try to be empathetic here, right? Wow. Um, and then I ask, well, why do you want to talk to me? Well, apparently that was misinterpreted to be, what do you want to talk to me about? Because I get everything interesting from nature to business to emotions and all. Do you mind telling me something about yourself? Because I want to understand you. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. Just, wow. Just one thing to understand you by. Yeah. Once you tell me this one thing, I'll know you intimately. Yeah, that's how it works. Don't you know? Did you respond? We're hanging here. Like <laughs> The thing is, I currently haven't because I received this last message probably like two hours before we started recording this podcast. Can you respond live? I can respond live. What should I tell him about myself? Tell him you like flamingos. That's a great idea. That's gentle enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll even include a flamingo emoji. Cute. I love how you are doing like research for the podcast. <laughs> hey, I am a loyal fan of all things Tory. So I want to make sure that I do my due diligence and come prepared to be petty and have actual research and scientific support for why I'm petty. So I'll keep my Instagram open and see if Mark decides to respond to my I like flamingos message. I really hope so. I hope he's like, I actually like am near flamingos. <laughs> I'm actually in Florida. I lied before. <laughs> I just like don't know what got me. The Hiberian thing. That's my favorite thing. 
Um, we had to look it up. I also really liked the like deer thing just because it's mm-hmm. so like grandparent, like talking to their grandchild. Yeah. I used to work for a company and our like intro text message to um, customers, the, the line was hello dear. And the amount of shit that like people um, for some, like particularly like men would come back for like with feedback about this text they were just like um excuse me you are not my mother how dare you talk to me like like they got so personally offended and I was like this this is an auto text message oh and then this woman called us one time and she was like yeah because like we also have like I worked for a pharmacy um so like when you call in like our chief pharmacist has like the intro message while you're like waiting and it's the same thing it's like hello dear and it's literally her just being like hello dear like there's no tone or anything this woman called in and dead ass was like my husband should not need to listen to your sexy like playful like it's literally her just saying like hello dear like I was like sorry that sounded sexual it's literally her just like pretty monotonously saying it and it's supposed to be like in a caring way but she just I don't know anyway so the word dear is just also really funny to me because it really it's always a word that sticks with people and also the fact that he used it like that's really weird to me so he used it in two different messages exactly so I guess I really am just dear and darling and super wholesome of course, that's how he sees me. I also decided, you know, like Tori said, you got to try to creep somebody's profile, figure out like who they are, right? So this Mark has 1,600 followers. Oh, damn. 65 following, but it's a private account. And if you'll indulge me, I'd like to read out his bio to you. Please indulge. Canadian Canada flag emoji. Serial entrepreneur. <laughs> Geologist, specialized into the study of earth processes, brain emoji. I don't look like my age, tongue sticking out. Last account was hacked, sad face. Okay, a few notes. (laughs) I don't look like my age, but writing that in your bio just screams old person. Like, Look at the emoji he uses. Yeah, for those listeners, it's like the goofy eye-rolling, laughing, tongue-sticking-out emoji, which I I think is like, this must have been the funniest joke you've ever heard if you choose to use that emoji. Like, there's no other context that you should be using that. I personally hate this emoji. I feel like it's overused for what it's supposed to symbolize, so... I don't even, I, no one I've ever texted, I think, is ever no. that I've yeah. locked and deleted immediately. I feel like I'm more likely to use a brain emoji in a text, and I don't think I've ever even used the brain. But my favorite line is, not just an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur. So, like, Art K, like, literally, I'm not going to lie, the first thing that came to mind was, like, the food cereal. <laughs> oh, same. Okay, good. But, like, are you saying that it's, like, multiple, like, serial killer? Exactly, with an S. Okay, just checking. But I, the first thing I thought was, like, oh, did he, like, fund, like, or found, like, General Mills or something? (laughs) He loves caution. Hey, I mean, that would make sense why he's paying me $1,000 a week. Oh, my God. Yeah, right? That, it matches up. Also, I 
love Kashi cereal. <laughs> <laughs> Kashi is an organic brand too. So I feel like because like that's a cereal that costs more, maybe I could ask for more than a thousand dollars a week. Like, is that something you can do with these Instagram sugar daddies? Like negotiate? Honestly. Ask for whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Hey, you should really just be like, $1,200 a week and a box of cereal. Yeah, from, from your business. <laughs> no, cereal for life. So even when this arrangement ends, like you're eating good. I could be a brand ambassador. Yes. <laughs> now this is a pyramid scheme. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, I'd be curious to see how he responds. Stay tuned. I will keep Instagram open. I really hope it happens live. And it's like breaking news. Yes, I'll do like a, I'm not going to do like a musical tone because editing fucking sucks. But if I was a good podcaster, I would do that. (laughs) The next thing we wanted to talk about was Devin (laughs) Kahurli. It's like not a hard last name and I just, I can't get a grip on it. But basically I've had an absolute fascination for like boyfriend point of views, like for the past couple of years or not years, maybe months. And I've tweeted about it a little bit, but no one will ever like talk to me about it. So I basically forced Nicole and Derek to. It's true. Look up Devin Kahurli so we can like be mean to him. But basically if you've never heard of a boyfriend point of view, um, basically it's where a boy pretends to be your partner and makes a video that is one-sided of him taking care of you or like flirting with you or meeting you at a party or like whatever it is. And there's like YouTube videos, like ones where you like are sick, like you're pretending to like be sick and they'll like take care of you and be like, oh, like, let me just go get you like a glass of water and like a Kleenex or something like that, which is just so fucking wild to me. Nicole, we should like demo one right now. Can you do one out for us? Sure. We'll do our best improv skills. I actually just finished an improv course. So uh, really going to put my skills to the test. I did not, but I'm going to go with it. Can I, Kate, can, let's make this real improv. Can I give you the scenario? Absolutely. Sure. Okay. Um, You are meeting at a party for the first time. I love it. Okay. Can you, can you like action us, Tori? Yes. Um, Do I have to say like, do I have to count down? Sure. (laughs) Okay. Three, two, one, action. Hey girl, I brought you this drink. I thought it looked really nice with your eyes. You're so sweet and sensitive. I can't believe you already know me so well. I just, I saw that look in your eyes and I know you just, you needed me to be here. I just want to be here for you, girl. I do. I do need someone here for me right now. And maybe this is just the three vodka teenies talking, but I feel like there's a connection here. I want to be with you for forever, girl. I want you to meet my mom. Oh my God, this is true love. I love you. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Why does the guy always, why is the guy always like, hey girl, like does, do people find that attractive? And like, do people do that in real life? It all goes back to that Ryan Gosling meme, Mm -hmm. like one of the original, hey girls, that's where it comes from. 
shit okay that is wild you're yeah I think you're right that's the origin Mm -hmm. story of that Mm -hmm. that was amazing I like I will never get over that so Devin is like a a, he's a baby compared to I'm sure he's like in his teens so I do kind of feel bad for like attacking him he has 1.5 million followers on TikTok and basically makes videos of him like for some reason he always looks like he's crying and he yeah is just like approaching like it's it's all hetero like it's like hey you're my wife like it's it's so fucking bad but people love it and why do I why do I kind of love it it's kind of like it's almost approaching train wreck where you can't help but look because in the one end you're thinking okay I get it. Like sometimes it's lonely out there. Like you want someone to be able to say those things to you, but how is watching some random dude on TikTok say these things in a way that you know is joking, giving you that social validation? I'm so confused. Literally. I think that's, that's sad. I'm going to reflect on that for like a really long time. (laughs) Like truly, like truly. I just like, would you want to be famous if it's famous for this? I think there are worse things to be famous for. I don't know. Like, here's the thing. Devin, sweetie, I'm so sorry, but you make a shit ton more money than I do, so I don't really feel bad for taking you down on this. But do I want to be famous for this? No, but, like, there are, there are worse things. Like, I don't know, back to, like, what to, like what like Nicole was saying but like I don't know I feel like this is indicative of like the time that we're in where we are like so hungering for this like warmth and intimacy and he is so close to the camera and that's not something that like we just aren't getting that closeness right now so I wonder if that's just like I don't know there is a desire in the cultural zeitgeist for something like this and I guess like a desire in Gen Z's because those are the people on TikTok so Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for Gen Z's right now because they're probably not able to, like, date and, like, have their, like, you know, like, go to the mall and, like, steal a shopping cart. And does this make me sound old? But (laughs) I'm like, do Gen Z's still steal shopping carts? Do they even go to malls? Yeah, and they, like, online shop. So, like, we are probably aging ourselves. (laughs) You know what it kind of makes me think of, though? is it's almost like this generation's new version of like Troy Bolton in High School Musical. Every Mm. time he realizes that he has screwed up with either his friends or with Gabriella and like all those songs are about like, I'm here for you, I messed up and I just want you to look into my eyes and it will make all the problems go away. It's almost like that type of a cultural... I don't know, just thing that people want to clutch onto as mm. something they want to happen to them. Completely. I I don't know why I'm like abs- like shitting on this genre of YouTube. When I went to the theaters to watch High School Musical 3, I think, and Zac Efron's face. It's, it doesn't make sense. And I keep watching the videos and I still don't get it, but I also sort of do. But I still question it so much. Me too. It is so secondhand cringy. It's like, it could also be like a modern choose your own adventure. If you remember those books, 
Oh, I love that. Right? Like where you were like, oh, go to page 55. Oh, go back to page 12. Yes. Okay. That's actually a really good point because on TikToks, you can duet people. Oh, you take their video and it will appear on the screen next to yours. And there's this girl named Tati, the real underscore Tati on TikTok. And basically she just responds. So she does the, the girlfriend part, but it's basically being like, stop talking to me. <laughs> and the POVs will be like, Hey, like, can I sit here? Like I'm new at school. And she's <laughs> Like, no, the seat's taken. And then the person will sit down and she'll be like, I said the seat was taken. <laughs> and it's like absolutely amazing. And so that's a that's a recommendation to check out the real under Taddy. That's the hero that we need in this in this genre. Yes. I will say one other thing about this, not about Devin Kahurley, but Tyler Cameron, love of my bachelor life did a I think it was a paper magazine interview like a year ago maybe and he did a boyfriend POV and like it was like a a whole day with him and it's worth watching oh oh (laughs) it's amazing and it doesn't seem like it's coming from him I'm literally blushing can confirm she does look like she's blushing anything else we want to say about boyfriend POVs I was gonna say BF POVs Oh, five letters that I didn't want to go together. Completely, completely. Okay, more on this later because I, I don't know. I really have to like do an extreme deep dive. I need to get into the culture of like 16-year-old boys on TikTok. I think we just do need you, to see a therapy session with like Devin Kahurley and his therapist and just Gen Z therapy sessions in general. I want to I wanna sit in on one and just be like, what's up? You good? Like, I know the world's going to shit, but, like, are you good? Yeah, it's much needed. That's for sure. So another thing we wanted to talk about is I actually, for the amount that I love Britney Spears, I actually don't think I talk about her too, too much on the pod. But Britney's been up to a lot of stuff in quarantine. <laughs> but the good and the bad. My, I think actually probably my favorite video that has come out of quarantine was when she was like, sorry, I haven't posted in a while. I burnt down my gym with a candle and then just like immediately goes to the next topic with just the ease and nonchalance of like a millionaire. Yeah, just super casual. Like it sucked. Everything burned down. No one got hurt and I'm grateful. Also, here are some exercises I've been doing with the dumbbells that survived. Yeah, she's like, I'm still working out. Like, I would have been traumatized. I would have used that as my excuse not to work out for months. She's posting stuff like, today I am excited about everything still. It's like she is on Tumblr like seven years ago and she just like reposts like uh, quotes that are like those kind of like graphic quotes. Yeah. You know what I think it is? When we think about, well, I know we don't often think about 2007 Britney or the Britney Jean era or the K-Fed era, but when you think about all of that trauma that she has had to go through, she has built up so much resilience. So at this point, it's like, my gym burned down? Whatever. I'm fine. Let's just keep going. Like, it's just like rolling off her back at this point. But I mean- 
if you can survive K-Fed, you probably can survive anything, so. Absolutely. She does seem, like, super positive. I think she's always been really, really positive, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, I just, I love her so much, but, yeah, it's, like, her Instagram is just a mix of weird, inspirational, like, generic quotes, like, you be the best you, and then selfies and then like weird videos and she always has her hands like in her pockets or like on her hip but then she also does stuff like call for like strike and wealth redistribution so like flawlessly wow like you really can have it all honestly honestly brains brawn and beauty britney spears's perfection it's really impressive in quarantine, she also re-released Glory. Well, here's the thing. Here's the here's the backstory. So the I don't know what her fandom is called. Wow, I am a bad fan. Um, I want to say that they're called like the Glory Army or something. I don't know. Cute. They like they like launched a hashtag that was like hashtag Justice for Glory, and they got it to number one on iTunes again. Like a year that's like. I'm sorry, six years old, five years old, six years old, four years old. Oh my gosh. Four Four years years old. old. I've confirmed it. Nicole and I did a listening party in 2016. That was the first event we ever co-hosted together. True. Memories are flooding in. That was a beautiful time. We sat there. We just like had a laptop, pushed play on Spotify and listened to that entire album through during our staff training. Because who doesn't want to sit and listen to a brand new Britney album after a nine-hour day of learning how to do a very intense job at times? And we sat and we got through it and we made comments. It just worked out so well, even like in succession. I have two favorite memories of that listening party. The first one is the fact that Nicole and I were assigned a different day and we had to be like, no. We need this specific day. And then they were like, why? And we were like, oh, it's the release of Britney Spears' new album, Glory. (laughs) And not a lot of people took us seriously, but we did that. And the second thing was just the richness of watching people's facial expressions as the music hit them for the first time. Like, wow, wow, wow. I don't know why they didn't take you seriously after we did like a three-hour presentation using solely Britney Spears like inside jokes like it's like it was like on community building hey speaking of which Jamie Lynn is having a comeback so happy for her I I am thrilled I really like her yeah I feel like she really got like written off in the industry when she got pregnant which is like to think about it like in terms of like 2020 like so fucked up like and the fact that it only happened what like 10 or 12 years ago like wow okay Nickelodeon meanwhile you're like uh you're in business with like child molesters so like cool you know your biggest problem was not Jamie Lynn Spears getting pregnant so I'm happy she got like a series regular role on Steel Magnolias that's that's what I'm referencing for her comeback if you will yeah that's actually such a good point because that happening nowadays like it would barely, it would make news for like a few hours. Like no one would, I feel like would even bat an eye. I'm curious to know like what the data is on teen pregnancy. Cause I feel like we had such a fixation on teen pregnancy back then. And now like there's no such like 
fascination with it. So, but that also makes me wonder like, is teen pregnancy down or are we just talking about it less as a society? Yeah, I don't know, but you're right. It did seem like it was like a fucking epidemic. And like, I don't hear about teen pregnancy like at all anymore. Or the concept of like purity. Cause you remember when they made mm. the Jonas brothers like publicly wear promise rings, like when they were still really like new in the Disney industry and like they had to be like the golden children of perfection and miley cyrus too like when she took such a like and then when you publicly have to like denounce that like miley cyrus and just be like no i'm taking this this ring off like fuck you i know do do i'm i'm assuming that they do but do, do you think disney and nickelodeon still hold their like child and teen stars to that like strict of a of a standard i wonder if it's more around the concept of don't create a scandal rather than like don't do this specific thing yeah it's probably like really insidious it's probably like they probably can't call it like family values, but there's probably still like some wording that they use that is like an umbrella term for like not rocking the boat of like a lot of concepts. And even though that's widened out, like I'm sure it still exists. Yeah, because I know like that era, like Miley Cyrus, like the Sprouse twins, like they really talk about like Demi Lovato, like ironclad fist, like yeah. Disney like ruled with, but yeah, I wonder if it's still like that now just because I've like aged out of that like group so I don't hear about it. It must still be because like, I don't know, I think of like my my most recent Disney um, scandal that comes to mind is like the Lizzie McGuire Disney Plus scandal where they like wanted to talk about like sex and stuff but they're like, you can't, this is Disney Plus. And then Hillary was like, can we just move it to Hulu? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Talked about that on a podcast like two episodes ago, possibly. You're totally right. They were like, we can't show this. And Hillary's like, but it's a 30-year-old character. This is like what real life would look like. He's like, please let us like shop this around to like other subsidiaries i don't know Um, yeah because it's all in the disney family like if if love victor can do it like come on yeah love victor's on hulu right Mm -hmm. yeah they made the move successfully yeah and i was also thinking of the bold type which is on freeform anyways i i just want to wrap this up by saying jamie lynn we love you we're happy for your success Brittany. Keep posting content. Thank you for re-releasing Glory. I've been listening to it nonstop. Oh, can we talk about Mood Rings super quick? Because what a bop. Can you believe that previously was only available in Japan? Yeah, why did she pick Japan? It's it's like a thing for some reason. Like the Japanese uh, deluxe edition for like pop albums. I don't know why like pop albums in general but like that's really the only wikipedia pages that i read for albums frankly so perhaps it's not just pop but it's always like japanese deluxe edition and they get like three extra tracks and i'm like hey what but i like i get it like probably like there is probably like a big fandom there and whatnot yeah i were just remember all of like britney spears's like pepsi ads in japan and stuff like that which i sometimes they come up on my Instagram and I'm just like obsessed. I will, I will like watch anything nineties, which just a call back to the beginning of the episode. Gen Z hates that we like have nostalgia. So 
Sorry. <laughs> like, I mean, Gen Z is not old enough to have nostalgia. Literally, right? I'm like, sorry for like wanting like a simpler time in my life. Like <laughs> when things are hectic. You know, I appreciate the time where I just got to sit and relax and not constantly wait for the economy to collapse around me and watch my dream of owning a home shatter in front of me every five years. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I think that also says something for the fact that Gen Zs have just like grown up in crisis. Yeah. So they don't know anything different. That's so true. Maybe they'll be like, maybe they'll be like more functioning than us because that will just be their normal. More resilience compared to us where you think about, oh, if you were one of those kids who ever saved your video games six times before ending, you probably have anxiety now. <laughs> Me? Like, <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah, you're probably right though. They'll probably become more resilient people than us. At the same point, can you build resiliency if you haven't gone through something though? So like, I don't know. It's very true. Um, The last thing we wanted to talk about was Kristen Stewart. I'm really hit or miss with Kristen Stewart. Like, I feel like I like her as a person, but I think Twilight being her, like, kind of big, not debut role, because she had that spy movie, so I don't want to... Are you talking about Charlie's Angels? No, no, when she was a kid spy. Oh, okay, I'm not familiar with this. I was like, are you really not calling Charlie's Angels Charlie's Angels? (laughs) When she was, like, a kid, like, probably, like, 10, she was in a spy movie that was actually, like, so good. Like, she was, like, a hidden, like, covert spy and, like, saved the world from, like, a corrupt, like, business. Wow. Uh, So that was her debut role. But, like, her, she was shot to, like, stardom from Twilight, which I didn't love. So I'm, like, kind of hit or miss on Kristen Stewart. What are your two thoughts? One thing that I'm still trying to figure out, because when Tori first told me that she was cast as Princess Di, like something that iconic, I had to Google it to confirm. And I found this article uh, that quotes the director of this upcoming biopic that says, I've seen movies from Kristen that are so diverse, it's incredible, showing different layers and her diversity and strength as an actress. And I'm sitting here thinking... You're talking about Bella Swan. <laughs> you're, you're talking about, even to be honest, like her, like Charlie's Angels. I'm still not sure how I feel about that, but I'm trying to understand why they picked Kristen Stewart for this role. Like anyone can physically transform themselves to look like the character that you're cast to play, but how is she going to bring such an iconic personality to life? I don't understand because I've never seen her show that range of actually embracing the character that she's cast as. Yeah. Long story short, she was cast as Princess Di and the the internet blew up. And I think the main concerns that people bring up is Princess Di is like the warmest, friendliest, kindest person where it just like radiates off of her like voice and like mannerisms. And Kristen is like too cool. She's like cool and edgy and like, like she's too cool for warmth. Like, I don't know. So I'm, I think the other thing is actually Derek, I want to hear that. I want to hear your thoughts before I jump into my, my secondary points. (laughs) Love. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I, I am full other side of the spectrum. Like, I, I dig it. I was like, what a rad choice, honestly. Like, I think that is, I think this gives her such a phenomenal opportunity to break type. And there was some, like, there was some quote from the director of The Fighter, um, which, like, not a great movie, but, like, great performances, um, because this was the first movie where Amy Adams was not playing the good girl. She played this girl named Charlene. And the director has some quote that's like, there's nothing more powerful than an actress who's trying to break type. So I think this is such an interesting opportunity for Kristen because she has that reputation, like you're saying, which is that she's like too cool. She's like kind of like aloof and like, I don't even like, I don't know if aloof is the word that I want to go with, but <laughs> we're there. Um, yeah, but I I love her. I think she is such a talented person. And I think she uh, she's really grown out of like a lot of the hate that she's gotten. Cause like, I'll be, I am a full convert. Like I did not like Kristen Stewart, but I also recognize, I think a lot of that is like media coverage around her has never been kind. But, like, when I was, like, 13, 14, when Twilight was coming out, I was like, ugh, Kristen Stewart, ew, she's, she never smiles. And now I'm like, I get it. Why would you smile if you were, like, a part of, like, a, like, role like Twilight and, like, Bella Swan? Like, what does that, what does that give you? I mean, yes, it gives your career something, but anyway, to end my tangent, um, yeah, I think this is a really unexpected choice there was going to be a mini series, which was going to be uh, the second series of FX's Feud, which previously did Betty and Joan, which was a feud between Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. They were going to do a second season called Charles and Diana. It might've been Diana and Charles. <laughs> oh no, it was called Charles and Diana. Um, it was later retitled to be called Buckingham Palace. Um, and they had cast Rosamund Pike as Princess Di, who you may know as Gone Girl. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So I think that is like, that's like an obvious choice. Like you hear that and you're like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like, cool. So I don't know. I'm like, I, I think she, I think she could knock this out of the park and the director, hell, give me, give me, give me a hot second to get that name um Pablo Lorraine um he did Jackie in 2016 which was the Jackie Kennedy movie with Natalie Portman which was such an interesting character piece but like on a separate note so slow such a painfully slow film but he really just gave Natalie Portman the reins and was like give this performance everything and she did she did that's my spiel no I love it and we need like divergent opinions on this podcast <laughs> like, like I feel like sometimes like um I'm only talking to people that agree with me so this is great but I yes I am very curious I also think like this is such this movie now has because it's it's now pushed to a movie right not just a tv series mm -hmm. oh this is this is like a separate thing like it was supposed to be a feud second season which eventually got canceled which is so like on a separate note, it's so weird, but this is like a separate movie not to do with FX's feud, not to deal with Ryan Murphy, but Pablo Lorraine rather. Okay, that's probably for the best, but I think that it's already created so much buzz. Oh yeah. 
like, like that was smart from like a marketing decision because everyone's talking about it. So you already have like invested interest to see how Kristen does. I think my other concern is like an English accent. Mm. Yeah. That's part of where my confusion comes from. Like, I see your point, Derek, about being able to really break through and try something completely different, but is this too far out of her range where she might get set up to fail? I don't know. I just, there's a lot that isn't making sense and adding up for me. I feel like this is really going to be like, this is either going to be like her defining moment, like she will get an Oscar nomination, if not an Oscar for this, should she knock this out of the park? Or it's going to be like Ashton Kutcher playing Steve Jobs. Like, I feel like it's only going to go two ways. 100%. Like, I see like the Lady Gaga, like a star is born year, or I see like (laughs) the opposite and it's like not good, like really not good. But yeah, I, I don't know. It always just seems that like British people are like people with European accents, like in the UK, etc. Mm-hmm. These do like American accents really well, but I feel like it's Americans cannot nail like British accents. Yeah, like um, Anne Hathaway in that movie One Day. Oh my God, I'm so glad you brought that up because the entire time I've been thinking about that. No, I love Anne Hathaway. I I also think she's a great actress, which is why that, like, she did a great job with the part, but she slipped with that accent very often. And you're right. Like, you don't see that from British actors doing American actors' uh, 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 accents. Um, Except for, like, here is a person who cannot do an American accent that is British. Phoebe Waller-Bridge cannot do a good American accent. Oh my god. What what has she done that she had to play an American? Um, SNL. And like that was short periods of time. Like it was short sketches. So she did a decent job. But there was a new show in the last couple of months called Run on HBO, which was a really good show up until the end. Side note. Anyway, she has, like, a, an arc as a guest star, and she plays this, like, taxidermist, which is really fun. Like, it's a really fun part, but she can never quite hang on to the American accent long enough. Like, so when she has long scenes, I'm like, it, like, slips out, and you're like, oh, oh, yeah, it's Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah, like, I, some of the people that I think of... I don't even know that they are, um, like, I think of the cast of Grey's Anatomy. You don't notice until you, like, hear them in interviews and stuff. So it's like, yeah, my God. But I don't know. It doesn't seem like vice versa. It's the same. So Did you guys watch Mrs. America? No. You're giving us all these, like, hot tips for... Let me just pepper you in with TV recommendations. (laughs) Um, no, but that's, like, Kate Blanchett and Rose Byrne leading and, like, Tracy Ullman and, like, Kate Blanchett is Australian, Rose Byrne is Australian, Tracy Ullman is British, and, like, a lot of the roles just, like, went to, like, either, like, British or Australian people. Another person who, like, I always forget is not American is Nicole Kidman because she is American in, like, everything. Yes, that's a really good one. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. It might also be the thing that, like, 
coming from another like country as an actor you might really be told like you're never going to truly make it unless you can nail an American accent so to have Mm -hmm. that drilled into you so young like of course you're going to perfect an American accent because of course you want big success that's so smart because yeah you're right most of the like big box like movies and tv shows are coming out of the U.S. It's true. And when you think about even within North America, in the States, even news reporters, they are told, regardless of where you are from, you need to perfect the Michigan accent. Because out of all the states, Michigan, they have the clearest accent. So people, for example, like from the South, where that can be a really strong accent, they're told, no, like watch people from Michigan, listen to Michigan, and focus on trying to replicate that accent because it's the clearest and it will get you further. And it, you're right, like about, like it's all Eurocentric, like movies and stuff like that. So people would have to like pick it up easier. So it's probably like to be successful in like a, the way that we see like American, like Hollywood and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I wonder, do you think she'll wear like a nose prosthetic? <laughs> Like, do you think, like, yeah, like, they're going to go, like, full in? I mean, like, she does have some resemblances to Princess Di, so I feel like she could get away with just, like, really, really, like, doing the hair, like, that shade of blonde and that cut. I feel like she could get away with it, because I don't know if Natalie Portman did, um, like, a prosthetic for Jackie, but she also, like, does have that Jackie Kennedy look when you give her, like, the hair and the outfit. Yeah, like, I think of The Crown, where it's, like, obviously all the characters resemble the people that they're playing, but once you put them in costume and hair and makeup and stuff, it's, like, wow, this is, like, really, they really do look like them. And I guess that depends how true to the story they want this to be. Like, do they want to essentially replicate what happened or are they doing a take on it? Like, you know, the inspired by, but it's not actually a hundred percent accurate kind of, kind of vibe. Right. True. I always like when it's like dead on, I don't know why, but. I'm with you, especially in an issue like this, like such a controversial thing. Yeah. And such like an iconic person in like modern history, like, Big, big, big shoes to fill. But yeah, like I like Kristen as a person. So like good for her for landing like an amazing role. And I cannot wait to see what she does with it. Absolutely. And maybe we'll come back after it's released for episode who knows what number. (laughs) See you in 2021. Do like a, a review. Nicole, before you wrap up, do you want to check your phone? Do we have any responses from our... Our friend. Let's see. No. Wow. He but hates But to be flamingos. fair, he hasn't even read it yet. So I am. Okay. So currently it is 7.35 PM in my time, in mountain time. And Newfoundland is what? Three and a half, four and a half hours ahead of me. So it's like, I don't know, probably around like 11 PM, maybe midnight. I, my math is probably not right, but later on in the night. So who knows? Maybe I will end up with a response tomorrow, but I'm kind of disappointed in him. He said he wanted to talk and I talked. Yeah, literally. He wanted to get to know you. What makes you tick? People not responding. 
<laughs> yeah, you should also say that. You should be like, I also hate when people don't respond to me within like minutes. <laughs> if you really want the tea. My fee goes up for every minute I am kept waiting. Every minute left on red. I love that. I think that's it for us. Anything else you want to add before we wrap up? I greatly appreciate you. Um, On our little mini sub theme of millennials compared to Gen Z, I know that in one of those many articles that you've seen lately where Gen Z likes to rag on millennials, one of the things they like to say is millennials just share their feelings in a podcast. You know what? Even though that (laughs) really went through to my core, I appreciate it and I appreciate you because it's needed. So sorry that we like to express ourselves and then share how we feel with everyone else not close by. Yes, absolutely. I, I love ending on that note. Thank you so much, Nicole and Derek, for joining me. It was a blast and I can't wait to have you back to talk more Brittany, more BFPOVs and uh, our reviews come in on uh, Kristen Stewart playing Princess Di. Thanks, Tori. Thanks, Tori. I wanted to say thank you to our guests, Derek and Nicole, for coming on the podcast. I super appreciate it. And if you like what you hear or you want to suggest a topic for a future episode, Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at RTBP Podcast. I hope you're staying safe and healthy out there. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I'm ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.